Hi, I'm Kendra. I'm Olivia. I'm Lindsay. And this is our music podcast. And tonight we are drinking, uh, what are they called? Slow Gin Fizz. It's some kind of concoction of plum and raspberry deliciousness. Yes. And um, I'm on number two, and it's great. <laughs> I wasn't even going to have one, but I was like, I'm going to make one. They're really tasty. And very pretty. Very pretty. <laughs> All right. And tonight, I guess we're going to talk about Beck. Yes. I wanted to start talking about Beck because it was actually the first concert that I went to. It was on the Odalay tour back when I was in middle school. Yes. Just dated myself. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I saw him at Pitchfork a couple years ago, and he was really good live. So I think that would probably be a really awesome first concert. I think mine was like all for one. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Like yeah. a boy band from the 90s. So legit. I was like in fourth grade, and I was like, this is everything. <laughs> what was your first? First concert? Uh very memorable <laughs> so memorable god I don't even I don't even remember uh was it Backstreet Boys might have been Backstreet Boys oh, oh so now. basically you're a lot cooler than either of us that's, that's true I was lucky I had older sisters that had good taste in, well one of them had good taste in music I'm an older sister too but my first concert was all for one so. <laughs> did she take you to it no my parents did i was like as a child <laughs> it was pretty fun though all, all right. right so let's talk about beck tell me about beck we're gonna talk about beck a little bit of scientology, scientology. and suicide oh the dark side yes all right so beck hansen was born on july 8 1970 to David Campbell and B.B. Hansen. B.B. May also be pronounced Bib or Bibbe. It's B-I-B-B-E, so we're not 100% sure. I'm just going to go with B.B. because it makes me happy to say that. B.B. <laughs> so his father is a famous composer that has worked on over 450 gold and platinum records, while his mother is a visual artist and one of Andy Warhol's superstars. That'd be dope. Like, Wasn't there one that was like... She like killed this. She like someone shot Andy. Warhol? Like what? Yeah, was, he was uh, shot. It was Valerie? Valerie uh, I can't remember her last yeah, name. Yeah, so she wasn't one of those. Not the crazy type. No, no. Like, I think so. and that lady was upset because he did. She write a the scum manifesto. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and he society. just kind of put it aside and didn't. Yeah, do scum anything with it. Supposed to stand for society for cutting up men. I think. <laughs> Yeah. Tired. <laughs> I think all the guys had to be referred to as turds, which I think is hilarious. So, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind reading that. That sounds hilarious. What's funny is a lot of it actually is relevant now, like after the whole Me Too movement and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. interesting. Funny. Yeah. They actually brought it up on um, one of the recent, um, I can't think of the name, um, American Horror Story. Ah. So, they had. Who played her? They had somebody really... Um, Lena Dunham. She played Valerie, and it was great. Shocking. Yeah, she did such a good job. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. Is that and, the... That's like the new season? It wasn't the most recent. It, it might have the been... the newest one... I think it was it cult. cult. Oh, I thought that was the most recent. There I, was one after Cult. Oh, okay. I can't I've never watched any of them. It was like a... It was... They brought back the, the witch... The witch coven. The coven. And... I think it was called Apocalypse, but... Oh, it combined okay. two seasons, but I can't remember what the second one was. Hmm. It's good though. I've never watched any of them. <laughs> the second season is great. That's my favorite. 
heard I've the other heard ones are things, okay. but I'm just sounds like an endeavor. It I'm has. Already, I'm already committed the, to Game of Thrones. The Mental Institute. So. Yes. With Chloe Sevigny and yeah, that's the one yeah, that I like. I like that one. I think the story is the best. All right, back to Beck. Yes. <laughs> okay. Not allowed to go off topic at all. <laughs> We're going to be on a lot of tangents, so <laughs> it is fine. All right. So his parents were already part of the Church of Scientology when he was born, but he was also raised Jewish. <laughs> That's like such a weird combo. Yes. But fascinating. Jewish Scientologist. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that you could be part of another religion as well. Yeah. That this. is like surprisingly chill for Scientology. <laughs> like it's fine. <laughs> You can have another religion too. I feel like there's a lot of, I mean, I guess most religions have a lot of rules, but Scientology is like, well, I mean, it was written by a sci-fi author. So I mean, what do you want? Right. (laughs) So he dropped out of school before high school after being rejected from a local performing arts school. I said school like seven times in that sentence. That's okay. okay. We're not here to judge. He got his hands on his first guitar when he was 16 and began playing Lead Belly covers at Lafayette Park. Due to LA's diverse music scene, he was already aware of um, hip hop and Latin music, but started listening to folk and country blues like Mississippi John Hurt, Woody Guthrie, and Blind Willie Nelson. He was already a fan of bands like Sonic Youth, Pussy Galore, (laughs) and X, but his first love was folk. He started performing in 1988, playing blues, folk, and improvisational compositions on city buses. <laughs> improvisational. Oh, he was writing a new word. He also joined his first band called Youthless. And then in 1989, he caught a bus to New York with just the money in his pocket and tried to establish himself among the East Village's anti-folk scene. That's so generic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, very the, true. It's, okay, so we're all from Fort Wayne and it's just like the Fort Wayne story, right? Yeah. Yep. Everyone that's like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to New York City or I'm going to Austin, Texas or Seattle or wherever. And then they come and, back in a year. Or three. Some, or three. Or four. Yeah, some, some it, drag it, it out a little longer. But it's really cheap to live here, so everybody always comes back. They're like, oh, I have a kid now. And it's like, yes, <laughs> welcome back. We're still here. <laughs> okay, so he returned uh, in 1991 <laughs> due to being tired of being ho- broke, homeless, cold, and beat up, which makes me very sad. That is that sad. Is beat up. sad. I don't want to see like a Beck with a black eye. That'd be that'd bum me out. I know. <laughs> back in LA, he started making connections with other musicians, producers, and labels. In '92, after the discovery of a mutual interest in hip hop, he met with Carl Stevenson to collaborate, which resulted in his hit track "Loser." Get crazy with the cheese whiz. <laughs> Best line of any song ever. Fight me. <laughs> yes. It's too funny. Okay. She was like super hype on it on the way over here. Yes. I know. I was like, Good, crazy with the cheese. She's like, I'm to make sure to mention that. Yeah. I'm going to say it like probably to the point where it's just going to annoy everybody. I'm I don't think it, it will. Get crazy with the cheese. Please. So since then, he has completed 13 studio albums. I want to do the, the whistle thing where it's like, but I can't really whistle. Yeah. So just excuse that. I need like a. I need like a sound effects board or something on my phone and just like hold it up to the mic and be like, (laughs) I did that, that, but it was really loud though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, well we're all born with gifts. Whistling is not one of mine. 
It's okay. I can't on cue. I can when I'm alone and in the house, but if I try to whistle anytime, it it just, nothing comes out. It's always impressive when people can do those really loud whistles where you can hear it like a mile away and you're like, yeah, where they put their fingers in their mouth. And I've always wanted to be able to do that. that. Because it's so alarming. I just want to walk in the room and alarm people. I could like, (laughs) I could whistle with an acorn. What? Right? Oh. Like with the tops of an acorn, you can like make it whistle, <laughs> but like it's still not that loud. So I didn't still, know that was a thing until just now. Yeah. I definitely went to a lot of summer camps and I was definitely a Girl Scout. So I've seen people do so was I, the whistle through the grass. It's like they hold a piece of grass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They like it and it yeah. Sounds really weird. It does that, sound that weird. That sounded more like a dolphin. But <laughs> <laughs> it did sound like a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a sound effect, like in Rock Lobster or something. Oh, my God. Here comes the jelly. Just whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of the best songs of all time. I love the B-52s. Oh, man. Okay, so, yeah. Sorry. Back to Beck. Uh, oh. What are your favorite albums? Uh, admittedly, I am not a huge uh, Beck fan. Not that I, like... Not that there's anything wrong with them. I just never really, like got super into them yeah especially like later uh albums and stuff but uh no i like mellow gold and odalay and um he had another record before mellow gold uh one foot in the grave that was more of like an acoustic Mm -hmm. sort of more chill album uh that was on k records calvin johnson was on there that's my dude yes (laughs) lindsey is like the biggest calvin johnson fan oh i didn't know that it's amazing (laughs) we got to see him last year that was so and it was like a moment. Yeah. And middle great. waves. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know he was in middle waves. Yeah. Not for very long. Not for very long. There was a kind of a catastrophe with uh, one of the guys running sound. Oh. Yeah. It was a mess. But whatever. Still got to see him. Yeah. He was there. And he did like a show the next day too at the record store. So I know. I so okay. probably missed that because we were on the way to Chicago. We, yeah. We went to Riot Fest. Yeah. Oh yeah. You were with me. Yep. That's cool. So my favorite albums are probably... Odalay, I love Midnight Vultures. Sea Change is great. I love Modern Guilt. That's Modern Guilt's my might favorite. be my favorite. Um, Morning Phase, which one album of the year it was great? Because they forgot to give it to him for Morning Modern Guilt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not Morning Guilt. God, that, that, whole... that sounds like a one night stand. Morning <laughs> Guilt. <laughs> it's funny though. Um, I think anybody could listen to Morning Phase and like it. My parents thought it was cool when I, you know, was playing it, and I think even my like little nieces liked it too, but then there's colors. I don't know if you guys have listened to that yet. I can't, <coughs> I can't say that I have. I can't I get all the not. way through it. It has like there are some good songs. Do you think it's like one of those albums I mean, okay. that like you put it down for a couple of years and come back to it, and then you're like, damn, that's a slow burn. Maybe because I've had that happen with other stuff of his. I didn't like it until later, and then I'm like, oh, it's brilliant. I, I kind of feel like that about Beck in general. I know. Like, I, I mean, I grew up listening to him. Like he came out and then early nineties and yeah. yeah. And I was a kid. And so I remember like watching all of his music videos when I was like not old enough to understand them, <laughs> which is great. Um, but never really kind of gave a shit. And then flash forward to like being in my twenties and like being in indie rock bands and stuff like that. And people were like, Oh yeah. And he just kept on coming up as a reference. And I was like, oh, I guess I should, I guess I should check that out. And then like being like, Oh man, like actually there's a lot of good stuff, but I so couldn't tell you, the name of like more than one or two of his albums. Like That's I have okay. no idea. And I know track numbers, but I don't know song titles. Like it's I'm just, really yeah, bad with song titles. More like of the videos and yeah. stuff. Like or just like, 
Yeah, or just, like, putting it on the record, yeah. you know, and, like, listening to it, and it's, like, you don't really know. You're, like, oh, it's, like, the fourth or fifth song on the A side. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's kind of more how I deal with that. <laughs> yeah, and I got into him early on. I was lucky, but then kind of forgot about him for a little while because music got real bad for a bit. Um, right around 2000, I'd say. I was going to say, yeah. It was, like, or, a really stale was, like, time. Was there really, for music. Was there really anything good in the early 2000s as far as, like, like I was thinking about like the next fashion surge is probably going to be the early 2000s. And I'm like, what? There was no like. Well, I feel like that's kind of when we all kind of fell into like punk. Yeah. yeah. Like for me, like that's when I was like, oh, like there's this whole subculture of kids with mohawks. And mm-hmm. I go to this like pretty preppy school and I'm going to get my nose pierced behind my parents' back. And it'll be great. <laughs> like super fun. I guess yeah, but when you think of like, uh, but that was like, like more like mainstream like fashion stuff like right. What but was, then you also have to like think about it like there was like yeah like there's a lot of douchey things like yeah. there was oh, like because Blink One Eight Two was like huge, but then I also feel like then that kind of opened up the way for like distillers and stuff like that. Yeah, like where pop punk was like really big, and then all of a sudden like more like less pop, but like still pretty pop punk was on the radio. Yeah, because but then yeah. there's a lot of new metal, a lot of new metal, and it was oh, a very dark God, time for I music. That. I don't know. I thought. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna have to disagree with like early 2000s and music thing because uh, biscuit, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you know that's when <laughs> like a lot of that's when, a very dark time. <laughs> that's when like you know the white stripes and the strokes and like mm. Interpol and the yeah yeah yas and like all that. That that's whole true. Like, that's New like, York. That's true. That was a big. Okay, that was like, 2000, like I guess that's, yeah, yeah, that's pretty it's early in the 2000s. Yeah, but yeah, that was a big. I love the strokes. Was a big thing. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Rap was like good at that time too. It was like the only thing that was holding it up for a while. Yeah, that's true. Yep. But yeah, I feel like indie rock, like, like there was definitely some good stuff happening, but I feel like 2005 was like the year where it kind of came together. Yeah. I agree with that. Then like 2010, it was awesome. Yeah. I think that was a good year. But he also contributed four songs to the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack. Yes. (coughs) Yes. Which I like all of that. Um, Great movie too, by the way. Oh my gosh. That soundtrack was so bitchin'. It, it was, was Frank Black and yeah. Electric. Yeah. <laughs> I just love it. The, got my garbage truck. <laughs> truck, truck, truck. They sounded so good in the movie, too. Um, yeah. What's the guy's name that plays Stephen Stills? Um, Mark something? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, he was he was great. I thought he was a good singer. Um, but yeah, and I think even Michael Sarah was playing bass for he real. Was. Yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome. I think he has like a project going i couldn't tell you the name of it but yeah. i heard him on like a sub pop demo or something oh that's cool is it the wait no that's macaulay culkin <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> the pizza underground oh my god oh. yes and didn't he just change his name to macaulay macaulay culkin culkin probably <laughs> i think he had like dale earnhardt jr jr yeah macaulay culkin culkin that's great he had a contest i think it was on twitter and he let people choose his middle name, his legal <laughs> middle name, so he changed it afterwards. <laughs> That's so dumb. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, other projects. He produced albums for Charlotte Gainsbourg, Thurston Moore, Stephen Malcolmus. I like Thurston Moore a lot. I like Stephen Malcolmus a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a good, like... It's a pretty good, pretty good yeah, list that's there. That's a good resume there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there were, there were many more, too. I just didn't write them all down. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> Those are the only important ones. <laughs> Fuck everybody. I picked out my favorites. <laughs> every time that, oh, can I, can I say the thing about Charlotte Gainsbourg yes. again? Because it's just so weird to me. So like every time, every time I, I think of Charlotte Gainsbourg, because her parents are, uh, you know, Serge Gainsbourg and Jane Birkin. And uh, so in like the, sometime in the 80s when she was like 12 or 13, she did this song with her father, Serge. There's like a music video for it and everything. It's called Lemon Incest. And it's... <laughs> So weird. It's it's all in French, so I don't really know uh, everything they're saying. But if you just watch the video, it's 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 too much. And so how just old a, is she? Like twelve or thirteen. Oh, so yeah, just a creepy. video of her like sitting on his lap the whole time. Kind <laughs> of. Okay. It's it's kind of like <laughs> that. I don't know. We'll like watch it after this. It's yeah. It's, I can't. I can't even explain it. You just that sounds fascinating. You just have to watch and it. Terrifying. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. Like just like doing any project, and then like the word incest comes yes. into play when you're like doing a, a thing with your father. Like that's yeah. That's just creepy. Just instantly gives you the shivers. Yeah, you're like oh oh. <laughs> like it's probably not even like that, but still sounds creepy. Very creepy. But yeah, her her records as an adult though are good and not incestuous I don't think I don't know maybe it's probably just talking about fruit blends <laughs> but in French so we don't understand so he had another project called Record Club where an artist or a band would record a whole album in a day I think he ended up doing um, one of the Velvet Underground albums so it was all like awesome. recording like other artists albums yeah okay, yeah so then he, in 2012, he had another project where he released the sheet music for 20 songs, all to be recorded by other artists. That sounds dope. Yeah. Are there a lot of them online or like... Yes. Yeah. There are um, some pretty terrible stuff, but there's also oh, sure. good ones mixed in too. I saw this video of like this big production that was put on in Boston <coughs> at one of the theaters where they had like dancers and artists and um, an orchestra and all kinds of stuff going on. They did the whole album, which is pretty cool. That sounds dope. Yeah. He also has his own label, and I didn't write down the name. I keep slapping my paper if you're wondering what that noise is. It's legit. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> strange but also, let's look up the name of his label. That's okay. We don't have to. Yeah. Like, we know it exists. But it exists. And if you Google it, you can find it, just yes. like how we would if we were to Google it right now, but we don't <laughs> feel like it, so you're just going to have to deal. <laughs> okay. So should we get into the, the dark yes, stuff? Yeah, tell me about the suicide. It. I'm fascinated. Okay. So Beck became acquainted with a couple in like early to mid 2000s and they allegedly were harassed by the church of scientology and shocking they right <laughs> <laughs> that's such a new like wow all right that's crazy yeah but i guess it got so bad that they ended up committing suicide can we just put that in quotations like <laughs> suicide like right. little air quotes there so or the not. couple is jeremy blake and Teresa duncan Blake was a digital artist and she was a blogger, game designer, and filmmaker. They met in DC in 1994. Kendra, that's the Bikini Kill, Fugazi, etc. Like Washington. DC. I thought Nope, they were in DC. Oh. Yeah. Their their label was in uh cuz I thought they were from like Olympia or something. I think they like moved to DC as a band to like get things started. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like that's that's fun. That's like Fugazi and all that. All the good yeah, stuff. Yeah, they like like those two bands would always play shows together. It's just kind of weird to me. Like I figured 
Funny too, because so. you don't think of DC as having like a like a great music scene. Oh, you think yeah. like there'd be a better no, no, chance. Because like '80s hardcore, like really? Bad Brains, Minor Threat, like all of that was like the DC scene. Yeah, was has always kind of been like at least in punk rock. It's just like oh yeah, DC in the '80s, like that's yeah, like yeah. hardcore, you know. And then like. Uh, I was also reading that Jeremy Blake, like he, like when they lived in DC and when they met and everything, he was hanging out with Nations of Ulysses. Do you guys know that band? Mm-mm. That sounds really familiar. They're pretty cool. They're like, uh, I forget what label they were on, but uh, they were like this punk band, but they had like, they wore like mod suits and they would like just act all crazy. And like, uh, oh, sold. Sassy Magazine, <laughs> the, the singer of Nations of Ulysses was like Sassy Boy of the Year 1991 because he was like super cute. And, Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty good. So I guess that was like Jeremy Blake, the the guy in this scenario. I guess he like hung out with them and stuff. He was like part of their oh. so yeah. part of that whole scene. That's yeah. Dope. I was like, I feel that. Yeah, that's awesome. So it said that after they became a couple, they rarely spent a night apart, and were have said to have never disagreed or argued, which has to be true, right? Absolutely. Yeah, if the internet tells me, I believe it because I want to believe the best in couples. Yes. So, in the mid to late, sorry, I can't stop laughing at this statement. Sorry. In the mid to late '90s, Teresa created three video games for girls titled Chop Suey, Smarty, and Zero Zero. But things really started to line up for her after her animated mockumentary titled "The History of Glamour" was included in the Whitney Biennial. What is that? I was the just Biennial? about to ask the same thing. Whitney Biennial? I don't know. It sounds important, though. It does sound like... <laughs> that is really important. It sounds like something that makes you sound legit. And I'm yeah. into it. Let's look it up. Yeah. That's but what I'm going to do. Yeah, go ahead. And Blake was also, um, I believe, let's see, it looks like 2000 and 2002, his work was selected for the Whitney Biennial, and his work was also inspired by Sarah Winchester in her house. The crazy house. Yes. And where is that located again? San Jose, California, because we Googled that during our practice run. Yes. And (laughs) I definitely want to go there because having some crazy lady build a house with stairways to nowhere sounds like the best afternoon. And they say it's haunted still. So haunted sounds great. Yes. Sold. I know I would totally love to stay the night in a haunted house or haunted hotel room or anything like that. I feel like there's somewhere in Indiana where you can do that. <laughs> like that? somewhere like like south of here. Yeah. I forget where, but I, I feel that, like it was What's a that one movie Facebook where it's event. like John Cusack in like some hotel room? Oh god, hot tub time machine three or something. Yeah, it's like thirteen oh whatever. Yeah. Well they are technically in a lodge. Uh, no, true. it's like it's like the whole movie could basically be summed up by like John Cusack having a bad acid trip. Yeah, <laughs> John Cusack's coming to Fort Wayne. Don't forget what? Yeah, for what? Uh, that's, that's probably already gonna happen by the time this comes out. Oh, maybe. Oh. Well, sorry. That's fine. To... He's gonna do like a meet and greet and like <coughs> talk about like they're high fidelity. A, oh my god! They're gonna do a showing of high fidelity at the embassy and then. So yeah, that's so cool. Didn't hear anything about that. <laughs> But yeah, as I was mentioning, her um, success or she, you know, things really started to take off for her after her mockumentary. She signed a two movie deal with Fox Searchlight and the first project was set to be called Alice Underground, loosely based off Alice in Wonderland. And that was the movie that Beck was supposed to star in. So like the premise for the movie was supposed to be two 
like schoolgirls that kidnap a rock star and put him in their mm-hmm. cult or something. Yeah. So he was supposed to play the guy that they kidnap. He's trying to escape the cult. Yes. So they said that the church, you know, didn't like the idea. <laughs> they didn't like the idea of one of their members trying to, to escape, escape from a cult. Like that's right. fascinating. <laughs> I wonder why they hated that idea. <laughs> so they said that that's when the church started to interfere and started to harass and follow the couple around. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I didn't really mention, but Blake and Duncan actually met back after being introduced by Paul Thomas Anderson. Blake did some work for the movie Punch Drunk Love. And then he did the, um, he contributed some artwork and video work for Beck's album Sea Change. Aha. Yes. So around this time, the couple had moved from New York to L.A., And that's when things really started to take a turn for them. After her movie, Alice, um, you know, after they lost the main star, which is supposedly back, they... um, So the movie was passed to different Yes, it was neglected by Fox and then eventually abandoned to Paramount where it died in 2006. They believed... A film that never happened. I know. Joined the graveyard of thousands. (laughs) They believe that Tom Cruise interfered with the movie at Paramount because that's where his con- his production company was based at the time. Hmm. And yeah, they said that the couple started... Well, he's like the poster boy for like creepy Scientology. It's so weird because when like all those celebrities were like coming out as like, I'm a Scientologist, this is the thing. Like, it was like what, Tom Cruise, Kirstie Alley and who else? Travolta, like, who is gross. Yes, John Travolta. And I, I was John like, Travolta. and then I heard Beck and I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense because I didn't know like how fucked up it really was. Like, I thought it was Wasn't just Madonna so weird. Too? No, she was into um, the thing where you put the red bracelet oh, on your wrist. Kabbalah. Oh, Kabbalah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I, I, all I knew about Scientology is I'm like, oh, it's like a, a religion where they worship an alien or something. And I'm like, Beck, Wasn't there, like, a great sense. South Park episode about it, too? Yeah, and I think everything that they said in the episode was absolutely 100% like, yeah. true. And that I, was the funny part. Chef quit because he's a he's Scientologist. Scientologist. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, my favorite episode because, <laughs> like... So we worship this alien, like, what is it, like, Xenu or something? I, I don't even remember, but, like, yeah. it's totally ridiculous. I think it's Xenu. What it do you expect right. when a guy that writes sci-fi novels, be, like, creates a religion, though? Right. I mean, I'll never forget, like, the whole, like, anonymous versus Scientology thing. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to look at manga on 4chan because that's what I thought it was for. And <laughs> then, like, all of a sudden, like, everybody's, like, really worked up about all these suppressed videos of Scientology. It's pretty funny. I don't Thanks. know. I like every time I think about Scientology, I just think about like having like three squatters crashing on my couch, like all of us like trying to read the new Naruto updates and then like <laughs> getting like wrapped into this whole Scientology war. It's like totally ridiculous. Oh, my early twenties. <laughs> well, the couple started keeping track of because they they said that they saw vehicles around where they lived or following them, so they started taking down license plate numbers. And there was an incident where um, Blake actually threw urine on his neighbor's barbecue because he believed that they were Scientologists. Oh, shit. Yeah, pretty gross. I had read that they said that they found like a dead cat on their roof that they thought was related to, and something, I think they had a dog and something happened to it. So they thought both of those incidents were related to Scientology somehow. by the church. So does it sound like it's like something that's legit, or do you think it's like them like losing their damn mind? That's the thing. Like it's like is this like a lead paint situation, or is this like (laughs) carbon monoxide poisoning? Yeah, Yeah. it could be like a shared delusion. 
Yeah, it's like it thinking really... that your neighbors are, and then like a dead cat on your roof. Like, unless it was like, I mean, like I guess I would just have to. Know it could have been details. like a mutilated cat. Yeah, or it could have just been a cat that was creepy. old and and died. Right, or, or it's like did which it makes just, a like, huge difference. A, a, a sad encounter with a power line while it was like right, <laughs> right. your view. I I don't know. Yeah, so like when they lived in LA, they were getting evicted. They got, I think, because of the urine incident. Yeah, yeah. Because they threatened yeah, to get a you, protection order. Dude, if somebody, <laughs> if somebody threw urine while I'm like grilling up some steaks, I would be so pissed. Right. <laughs> just urine in like anywhere around yeah, this you. Is gross. Yeah, that's super <laughs> gross. And then, did you read anything about the one neighbor saying that like Teresa would come over and? Oh yeah. Should I say it or should I not say it? Oh, I um, didn't know if that was. Well, she. Which showed up at her neighbor's house and she was like kind of twitchy and acting strange. And she was asking her about, you know, something to do with old ladies having, she wanted, like, she said that, sex. yeah, or she said that, uh, <laughs> that her and Jeremy were starting a club where old men fuck them yes. and asked if she wanted to join. What? And then, um, okay, this is totally like a, like, and she would yeah, get, it takes her, a weird turn. She was, um, the neighbor was the, she was somebody like connected to somebody. She was, um, like the girlfriend of a producer for um, some movie. I can't remember what it was. It eventually connects back to Scientology, doesn't it? Yeah. Because I think all these people that they were having encounters with, like somehow either through a friend or, you know, a couple friends, you know, it ended up back taking them to the church. So they got, That's you know, really. So you're like, you're trying to start <laughs> like a banging old dude sex club. Yeah. Um, but it, somehow it turns into Scientology. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like what the. <laughs> well, sorry, the lady was saying like, that she didn't know. This is the first know. time I'm hearing this shit. This is like amazing. Well, the funny thing was they were talking to that neighbor about that and she was like, are you joking? Are you kidding? And then, um, then they like, she flat out asked her, you know, are you part of the church? And they were even emailing their friends um, and telling them that they had to sign these oaths if they wanted to continue a friendship with them. And they <laughs> even started like cutting a lot of people out of their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like, why wouldn't you just move? They did. They did. They moved. Did they? To New York. Yeah. And it didn't get better for them, unfortunately. What the hell? So I, like, man, this sounds like a movie. Well, the funny thing is, um, <laughs> Brett Easton Ellis is actually, I guess he either did or he's going to adapt a screenplay and Gus Van Sant. Yeah. I read about that. set to direct it if it ever happens. And then I went down the, cause I was, I was reading about that and then I, I went down like the Brett Easton Ellis, like <laughs> gross, sexist rabbit hole. Yeah. So like, how did, how does this like involve Beck though? Well, because... Because Beck's a scientist. The church didn't or? even, yeah, because the church didn't even know who these people were until he was going to do the movie for Duncan. And then when that fell apart, they, she had made some like pretty, like, you know, big comments about how the church interfered and that's why he didn't continue doing the movie with them. Huh. And he, Beck even said that, you know, it was something he never agreed to do. And he even kind of acted like he didn't know that it was happening. Yeah, but there I was, was like, what does Beck have to say about all yeah, of this? Yeah, but it's funny because there was an uh, an old interview for an Italian, um, I think it was a magazine, 
where he was talking about this movie that he was going to star in, that his friend was directing, and she was an up-and-coming director, and it was based off Alice in Wonderland. So it okay. sounds like the movie, but I don't know if he just did it himself because they were acting crazy afterwards, or right. if, you know, it could have been one of those things, too, where he was like, oh, yeah, it sounds like a good idea, and then, like, once he read the script, he's it's like, like, eh, it's like it I don't really like want to star in a like movie. It's a schizophrenic thing, but it's like, you can't think that a couple would get that together at the same time, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. So it's like, so that's a little fishy. I know, I know. And like, if it was like just solo, I'd be like, yeah, that bitch is crazy. But like, right. He bought it too. And then, you know, all the stuff that they claimed, I could definitely see the church of Scientology doing that to them. <laughs> that's um, like Cause they've shit, done so much though. worse. It's like, how are we going to just like, you see those guys, they wanted to make a movie that's offensive to me. So how about we just get thousands of people to just subtly fuck with them like well, is that like what they think like is see, that like- and that's like going back to like why i thought it was weird they're like oh yeah you can you can you can uh, practice another religion too i know it's like what, yeah like what <laughs> that's hilarious i mean i mean it's sad it's sad but like it's also like what yeah like i just i don't know i'm i'm being skeptical right now i just <laughs> i just don't see how like they would care that much well did you ever hear you know about I mean? like i mean like i know that they're like Ridiculous, but I feel like like they they're good at the power plays, but like just yeah. like, the subtlety of like just constantly like fucking with these people, like I just don't, I don't know, man. That's that's some petty shit. Have you guys ever heard of Operation Freakout? Uh uh-uh. uh no. Okay, so they it kind of the same thing. This woman who had been part of the church um, left the church and was writing a book, and they you know had all these people really try to ruin her. They were you know claiming. Um, like making all kinds of claims about her. Let me see. Like just like publicly, like making statements or were they yeah, like they were trying to stuff? both and they were completely trying to just like ruin this woman and eventually went to court cause she didn't back down and she published her book, but it was like a pretty crazy thing. I think they even talk about, did you guys watch that um, documentary on HBO? I don't remember what it's called, but it's about Scientology and it like talks going clear. Or whatever. Yes. Oh yeah. no. I haven't seen that. Okay. Yeah, I think they I think they talk about that and they talk about other people too that tried to leave and they That's so crazy. like kept people away from their children and yeah, there's all like kinds a, of crazy stuff. There's like an ex wife of like a Scientology like higher up that's just like missing. David like, Miscavige. Yeah. His yeah. wife, yeah. Yeah. Like nobody can she find hasn't her. She hasn't been seen, but they say she's still alive. So, yeah. like what, so what ended awful. up happening with these guys? Are you said that they moved back to New York? Yes, they moved back to New York and they moved into a rectory apartment at St. Mark's in the East Village. They befriended Frank Morales, who was a priest, and he he was kind of a strange character. He was like really big into the 9-11 conspiracy. See, and- like it kind of like made it sound like he was kind of like a cool priest. Or yeah. Whatever, like a, you know, like a liberal, like, but yeah, he's like, Super into conspiracy theories, and he's friends with Alex Jones. Yeah, like okay. it's, yeah, it's so weird. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so they got in with this guy, and that's around the time she started putting like a lot of stuff on her blog about different conspiracies, like the nine eleven, and then um, the whole Johnny Gosh story. And I guess she'd made some comments Is that about the missing kid, the newspaper yes. boy. Yes, and they thought that he was abducted by like a pedophile ring. And um, then his mom said that she that he came to visit her, like when he was an adult. Yes. Like, she claims that her son came to visit her, like, 12 years after he disappeared. That's crazy. Maybe longer than that. Yeah, the whole thing's really sad and crazy. Because there, I mean, there really (laughs) were a lot of kids being abducted and um, being forced into prostitution. Yeah, that's Um, a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, like, a lot of, like, high-up political 
men involved and they even like took him to presidential parties and that's crazy. Even, oh, I didn't know all that. Yeah. Wow. So like she was like posting stuff about that too. She was. Yes. And then, so they were, they said that both of their drinking habits increased around this time. She was drinking whole bottles of champagne at a time, which is very it's fancy. So luxurious. I know. So fancy. Like, I'm so depressed. Pour me another, give me that bottle of <laughs> what champagne. What a bubbly. Um, <laughs> and he would even carry a flask to his job at Rockstar Games. But they were planning this fundraiser for the church, and neither one ended up attending because they had this shared illusion, and that was what they actually said, um, of the of the grill ex- exploding because Scientologists were going to sabotage the the party. So the grill, they, is that yeah, you said? Which is funny. Once got this again, thing like about, a grill story yeah, about grills. Yeah. yeah, they're not not into grills. So I guess yeah. that they had this. There was like a twenty-seven page. Um, lawsuit that they had put together that they, you know, again, um, but they were making their allegations against the church that was going to go public, but then she ended up dying. She, well, she killed herself. Um, she OD'd and it said that they found alcohol and Tylenol PM in her system. It was just a lethal dose. And then seven days later, he walked into the ocean and died. Yeah. And he, it was sad. He had like a card that said he mm-hmm. went, he wanted to join the lovely Teresa. He just like left it in the sand, like with yeah. his clothes and stuff. That's so sad. It's so sad. They oh, were like this crap. really like beautiful, talented couple that, you know, even yeah, if the movie yeah. wouldn't have worked out, I felt like they would have. Yeah. Super like keep going, famous and like done yeah, something yeah. else Super, cool and awesome. Yeah. Like they had cool things going for them. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Wow, I don't know how to feel about that though. I mean, I know. Like, that's a very tragic, sad thing. So tragic. But like, if you're already into conspiracy theories, <laughs> though, like I don't know. I just have to question. Right. Like, how much was that like fact and fiction? Like, because like I've been like super paranoid about things before, and then like you just kind of realize that like, oh, not that's not how it all is. Like, like I'm not that important. They really didn't care that much. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then like, but if you like, if you try to make a connection with everything, there can be, (coughs) like you can make a connection with, like connect all the dots to come to the conclusion that you want if you just go far enough Mm -hmm. removed. Yeah. Well, it sounds like that with like their neighbors and stuff like that. It's like, oh, well, their cousin is a Scientologist. So this conversation is like, so it's like, what? Like, and you had a good point too about like. You know, if it were just one of them, you know, you'd be like, okay, it's right. schizophrenia on set. It would be so easy to, yeah, but yeah, to claim that it was just them. like a breakdown of some sort mm-hmm. or... Yeah, like for them to both like adamantly like stick to that. Like, like fully believe it too. Yeah. So there, I mean, there had to be something. I know. I'm sure. Like I'm sure there was absolutely some harassment, but I, but with some of the examples given, I just don't see how it was like that, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's like, were they searching for it? Well, that and maybe even the harassment started and then, you know, they got paranoid and like shit was falling apart for them at the time and and the stress of the situation. Yeah. So it's funny because usually with these stories, I at least have an opinion where I'm like, oh yeah, I think it's this for sure. You can't prove it. But with this one, there's so many possibilities. And they even, I was even reading online that um, you know, some people believed that like the pedophile ring had something to do with their deaths and like they really did it and it had nothing to do with Scientology at all. So what would the, what well, cause the she had posted on her blog about, about the, like the Johnny Gosh story oh, and, okay. um, like even so like called out some specific mm. people. Yeah. Uh, so they well. were saying that maybe like that even was what, you know, what 
that's crazy. Cause everything. Yeah. It'd be a fascinating blog post to read. Yeah. Is a blog still like it is. It's been archived. archived yeah. So you can Ooh. yeah. I guess they even <laughs> re-released her like some of her video games so you can play those online too. Oh, that's like cool. after the it's sad that like after they died, they did that. But wow. but so many people have taken an interest in the story. Right. There's right. a big Vanity Fair article. See, like, I must just live under a rock or something because I've like, never heard any of this stuff. I had before. just, like, I had heard the term golden suicides yeah. before. And I knew it had something to do with Scientology, but I didn't know about all these, like, other layers to it until she, you know, mentioned it. But it's so crazy. You know. Yeah, I remember back when it happened, I remember reading the story about the, the husband walking into the ocean. And that's, you know, that's when I first heard about it because I was like, I thought, thought it was ridiculously sad that, you know, his wife had died and he was so sad and like distraught that, over it. That. that movie where she does that at the end after having, like, her fun time with some young boys like cougaring it up and then like she's dying of cancer and then she walks into the ocean at the end. What movie is I that? I don't know. I think what I just ruined it so I'm not going to say the movie because like if you watch it you're like god damn it. Spoiler alert. just ruined it. Is it Last Holiday with Queen Latifah? No. No. That movie's great. That movie is I've never great. seen that but my mom I haven't really either. likes that. I just like um, I just know she like goes out and lives her best life and I was like that sounds like It was on dies, Netflix so. last Christmas so I was like yes and I think I watched it twice because I'm a sucker for feel good movies. Is there anybody good in it? Queen Latifah. Oh, Queen Latifah was actually in this movie. Oh okay. no, no, no. Oh. <laughs> I would never stop talking about Last Oh, you're movie. talking about the non- I think it's like Penelope Cruz or something. Like hmm. no, I'm wrong. I have Kendra loves yeah. feel good movies. She, I do, but like, I also I also like really dark, messed up like movies that are really gritty and make you feel like a little piece of your soul died. Yeah, <laughs> like I really like my favorite director is Chanwick Park, and he did like Old Boy and Sympathy for Mr. Oh, Vengeance. Oh, yeah, There's I don't Lady I don't Vengeance. mess with those. Yeah, those are like they're so good to me. But I like all, dark but, stuff but then too. But you have to balance it out. So I'm like, yeah, inspirational sports films. I know, like every day for like six months, she's like, hey, do you want to come down and watch The Blind Side? (laughs) It was not for like six months. I literally offered it twice and she will not, will not forget it. Because like just the amount of passion that you had for it. I think it's such a good movie. You're in a bad mood. We can put on this movie and you're just going to feel so much better about life. And she's like, oh, bitch, I won't watch that. (laughs) Funny, I can handle like really dark, gritty movies, but if they like live in a filthy place, it like drives me nuts. I have to probably like go home, movies. like clean up everything like too yeah. much and then take a shower. So you probably don't watch like hoarders or anything ever. Oh, don't watch I that. I don't like to. Yeah. Or it, don't watch that show. What's that new show that everybody's. With Marie Kondo. Oh, I fucking love that. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's adorable. Yeah. yeah totally. I just didn't know if like the hoarding tendencies like were some kind See of. that? Like the people on the show aren't too terrible. No, like when not. they have like dead cats and right. um, yeah. other things in there. Then yeah, and like feces, really sad. Yeah, yeah, it's so sad and just gross and makes you think of that movie Gummo. I don't know what that Another is. Another great movie. I never <laughs> saw that movie because that's the one where they shoot the cats with BB guns, right? Oh, oh no, they come with baseball bats. But yeah, oh, I don't that's fuck so with much that. worse. I don't yeah. fuck with that. It's a Harvey Milk Curran <laughs> film. Like, what do, you, what do you expect? I don't know what I expect because no, I've never that seen that movie. Is like it. really weird, but I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, like there's some kid like eating spaghetti in the bathtub and it's just like, huh. and he lives in like, there's a house full of hoarders and you're just like, it's oh. just disgusting. And he's like eating a candy bar and you're like, 
why am I watching this? But it's so fascinating. It's like a train wreck. Like you just cannot look away. Like the whole movie feels like that. And so that's the kind of stuff that I like. I like that. <laughs> like, like the real hopeless. Yeah, yeah, just like, oh my God, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> or like, oh, I feel so much better now. <laughs> so I feel like I'll watch like a bad movie and then I like a good, feel good movie and then like a feel bad movie. I don't know. I kind of do that because I'll watch like really horrible um, not horrible, but like really dark horror movies. And then I'll watch something like Twilight <laughs> afterwards or like a high school movie or something ridiculous. Oh my like God, that. I was like PMSing really bad a couple months ago. And I like put on this like, <coughs> like dinosaur onesie that I have, or it's like a dragon. You're onesie. welcome. Yeah. The onesie got me for Christmas a couple of years ago. And I just like watched like not one, not two, but like three freaking Twilight movies in a row. And then I like, told my friend Eric about it, and he's like been sending me the suicide hotline number ever since. It's <laughs> like, dude, it was one time. He's like, don't uh, just keep on thinking about the time that you watched three Twilight movies, and uh, here's the suicide hotline. Not worried about you. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. So. Um, thanks for listening. This is our music oddcast. And, and uh, uh, what are we talking about next time? Have we... We were talking about, or thinking about Sid and Nancy. Sid and Nancy's next time? Yes. All right. Yes. All right. So, so join us cool. next time. For and hopefully we'll have social media. Yep. By then. Oh, yes. Be on the lookout for that. Yes. All right. So uh, thanks for listening and see you later. Good night. Goodbye.